Housekeeping, where I have to uh, uh, post a couple of things here and there as I'm as I'm starting the the, uh, the stream. But look, this week is going to be an AMA. It's the Ask Me Anything show. You can ask me literally any question related to startups and business, and I will do my best to answer them. Um, I've already had a load of questions from you so far, so thank you those of you who have sent them through. I really hope uh, everyone gets a chance to listen to this one. So it looks like some really great questions, interesting questions, pretty deep questions, all very exciting. So uh, a few notices. Firstly, welcome to July. We are in H2, as we often call it. So the second half of 2019 in another six months, you're hitting a new decade. So it's all all important uh, to make sure you make the most of what we got, I think. Um, let's look at a couple of things to be aware of. Firstly, the newsletter this today, this week, is spectacular. If you're not signed up, it is a free newsletter, which is a digest of all the stuff you need to know about the entrepreneur space, bit of my content, but also what the influencers in the market are doing and so on and so forth. Make sure you're subscribed to it. Um, if you go to therichardmore.com slash newsletter, it really makes sense. Just if you needed any more selling on this, Every week when people open this thing up, the, the open rate's crazy. We don't get unsubscribes, which is a big sign, right, that the content's decent. So I reckon you should check it out. It's completely free. Uh, that'll come out later on today. Um, another notice as well, it's 10 days out. So Chicago Entrepreneur Business Live next Wednesday uh, with Quentin uh, Purvey and um, Chantel all talking about uh, storytelling. So it's very important to make sure you check out the live stream on the Entrepreneur Business Group on Facebook. Or if you're in Chicago or know someone who is, make sure you uh, tell them about it. You can get a link from my website, therichardmore.com as well. So very excited about that. And also huge news kicking off this week, starting today, an hour after the live Q&A that you're watching right now. Uh, in the Entrepreneur Business Group on Facebook, we're going to have five live talks across the week. So I give as much value as I possibly can in this group, but also you guys give a lot of great value as well. And last week, um, basically five people threw their name into, well, a lot of people threw their, their, their names into the hat, into the ring. And the people with the most votes against their topic got selected in the top five, starting with Mr. Devon Scott today, uh, will be going live to share value against their particular topic. So make sure you tune into that. These are specialists in their particular field who have something to say. It's insane to not listen to when it's free value in there as well. So hopefully that helps out. Hello if you're on Instagram. Hello if you're on Facebook. Hello if you're on YouTube. Um, give me a, a wave if you're over on, on Instagram. Hello on the podcast as well. Hello if you're listening to the replay or watching the replay on IGTV. It's getting a bit silly. Hello over on YouTube, of course, as well. I need to work on this channel because not quite as many uh, people watching it. Um, give me a comment if you're watching right now. Uh, and write hashtag team live and the city where you're based. I really want to scan, scan through uh, and see where people are listening in from. Um, and if you're watching later on, of course, hashtag team replay and the same. So let me know where you're at. Uh, good morning to people coming through here. So on Facebook, Purvi, you're here. Looking forward to seeing you uh, or seeing you do your thing next week in Chicago. Carolina, thanks to see, good to see you here. Uh, Nadine's here. Uh, Devon's here too. Violet, nice to see you. Daniel Nunez, Zach Houston. Devon Scott, Hussein Yousaf as well, it's good here, good to see you here. 
Cam H. Schmidt over on Instagram, Team Live San Diego. What time is it there? It must be 5 a.m. Well done for getting up early and starting your week in the right way with something like this. Good stuff. Uh, Scorpio Lin 54, nice to see you here. Nosvosvus, good to see you as well. Uh, Schneehal83 uh, and Charlina as well. Sensible name. Most people have crazy tag uh, names on uh, on Instagram. So, should we start? Michael Truong, good to see you as well, watching probably from over in San Francisco, right? So hopefully uh, uh, you're not too tired. And Scorpio Lin 54 in the UK, Team UK. Usually it's me on my own, Scorpio Lin 54. Um, presumably your name is Lin. Uh, and uh, possibly Bina Messenger, who likes to watch on Facebook, I think, from Wales, as close as we get. Uh, anyway, let's get on with the questions. Firstly, is from, uh, first question is from Karen Cooper over in New, New, uh, Staten Island, I think you're from. I'm trying to remember everyone. Um, what advice would you give teenagers today? Well, I'm getting close to speaking to a lot of them. Uh, I've been um, asked to do a talk, my own event, if you like, a whole evening uh, of Richard Moore at Warwick University, uh, which is where I went to university uh, 20 years ago. Uh, and uh, in fact, Leila Hosseini's just joined on Facebook, who is part of the entrepreneurship uh, team out there. Um, I'll be speaking as part of Warwick Congress in, in October, I think it is, uh, next term. Uh, about their businesses and things like that and I think some advice I would be I would be giving teenagers remember I have two children of my own as well so it's really important that I get this right so if you have any advice for teenagers put it in the comments about business <laughs> but I but the advice I would probably give would be something along the lines of um try and make this sounds weird right but try and make failing normality when it comes to building a business if you are certainly i think you should try and build a business um i really do my best to uh, my children are four and six but for example uh this weekend we went to a toy shop and rather than saying hey buy something uh whatever you want it was much more a case of right how much money have you got and um, they know, even at age four, my youngest uh, knows that if she hasn't got enough money, she can sell some of her toys. So, for example, she's got a pram with a baby in it and she doesn't play with it much. So I said, so what are you going to do? Leave it to gather dust or should we try and sell it? And she's like, how much do you think I could make? And then she's got that in mind. Like, if I could make that much money, uh, Daddy, can I, can I buy this toy? So it's really exciting to see uh, uh, that kind of thing happening. And that kind of leads into the advice I would probably give teenagers, and I'll give certainly to my children, which is um, you should try, even if it's on the side, to start a business of some kind. Because... Even if it massively crashes and burns, without question, all of the lessons, not least about business, but about yourself and the kind of what your limits are, what your, how hard you can work, what you can really get out of things, it's fascinating stuff. And I just think it's really good education to do that kind of thing. Um, and so I would say start a business. It doesn't matter what it is. And, and it sounds really cynical, right? But you'll probably fail. But it doesn't matter because you can take what you've built the ashes of it and pivot into something else, for example. So it kind of doesn't matter. But I do feel that some kind of you know, effort in the direction of starting something uh, that, you know, you try and commercialize whatever is a really good idea. So that's what I would probably suggest. I would also probably suggest, given the, the climate we're in at the moment, that they think a lot about building some kind of brand. Tell me what you think. 
I would probably suggest you focus on building something of a brand, at least some kind of online presence that's thought through, it's intentional, it's calculated, because you're probably going to need it um, at some point. And I think that's a really great gateway to getting a good job is having something strong online. I'd like to hope that if I posted online, right, I'm looking for a nine to five job now that I would get some offers. I'd like to hope that would work. Uh, give me a thumbs up if you think that might. Uh, but the idea is that if you build enough uh, capital online, social capital, then that's something you can actually leverage, okay? Uh, so that, that's, that would be my advice to teenagers. Uh, Karmic Green on Instagram, hello Richard, I want to venture into online business. Fantastic, we've come to the right place, but where have you been? This is week 154. <laughs> so almost, it's almost two weeks off, three years now. And by the way, I ha I've not, I'm not going to announce yet, probably later this week, the location or venue of our three-year anniversary of Startup Business Q&A in two weeks' time. Um, we've also got to the year anniversary uh, of um, Entrepreneur Business Live in two and a half weeks' time as well in London, so I'm looking, looking forward to that. And we've got, in about uh, five or six weeks, we've got the year anniversary of the newsletter, therichardmore.com forward slash newsletter to sign up for it. It's enough plugging. So, uh, Ian Tisker, good to see you here. Jeanette Fonseca has been a long time. Hope you're well. Um, Zach Houston on the teenager starting a business, how much support and what type of support, for example, by raw materials, driving around, etc., do you as a parent give to help but still give them, them the success? It's a really good question. I would approach, if this is my child, Zach, I would approach this the same way as I would uh, approach uh, doing it with an employee. What I mean by this is with an employee, what a good leader should do, in my opinion, because my opinion is based on what's worked for me, um, is I would, uh, as I call it, I would, I would help feather their nest, give them all the tools and resource they need, um, but allow them to be the one that does the steps kind of on, you know, like if I'm paving the, the road, I would let, I would make sure it's them that actually has to take the steps on it. So I can guide them, give them resource, show them the way, things like that. In terms of money, what I tend to do is the same with my with with people I've worked with. It's the same with my own businesses as well, and it's the same with my children. Rather than just giving them the money, unless it's like you know what you really need the capital, you're not going to get that amount right now. It would be much a case of like, well, if you don't have the capital, how are you going to work around the problem, or how are you going to go and get the capital? And um, that's literally what I said to my 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 children this weekend. They were like, one of them was saying, I want to buy this toy. And I said, you don't have enough money. How do you do? How what are you going to do about that? What are you going to? How are you going to work around this problem? And I think they're starting to see that that the amount of pocket money they only get a little bit each week that they they receive isn't the only amount of money they have access to because they can do stuff with that money or they can go out and get what I've always been taught is if you haven't got enough money go and get more and uh, they have their pocket money once a week but then they can go and do something else uh, like clean my car for example and get a little extra and things like that so uh, I would say gotta be careful on that point because I don't want to give them everything and I definitely want them to be fully the the reason why they're a success because they're the ones doing the actual action I give the advice and help, but they have to take the action. That's my, my view on it. Uh, interesting that we've just had happykidsandmums.com uh, arrive on Instagram. It, what we were asking just there, uh, by the way, was uh, what advice would we give to teenagers? Uh, so it'd be interesting for you to um, uh, share your thoughts there as well. Comic Green, if you feel you're clueless, best thing to do is start something and learn the bits you need to learn as you go. I think it's a huge error, and this is what I would tell again for teenagers, to say, I want to start a business, 
let me just read lots about business. It's a form of procrastination. The best place to learn is on the pitch. That doesn't mean you shouldn't learn stuff like to help you, but what you do is you learn any kind of a just-in-time approach, which is, okay, right now I wanna build an online business. What things are, what online businesses could I learn right now? I will go and look at what that is. Oh, I'm good at that part. I will focus on trying to build that. I don't know how to do a website. Right now, go and learn how to do that. Do you see what I mean? So don't learn about business, then build something. Decide to get on with it <laughs> and, and uh, kind of learn as you go. That's far more stimulating as well. Uh, more people jumping in here. So Sarab and Muk here. Uh, nice to see you. Carolina, tell teenagers not to worry so much about being liked by everyone. You'll never please everyone, so you might as well be yourself. It's difficult because as a teenager, life is social. It's a fact. Life is social because there's no responsibility. And so as a result, life is social. It taps into the very, very, very important part of being a human, which is status and how we're seen and how we're perceived. And it's the whole lizard brain thing. I would give all teenagers uh, the Icarus Deception by Seth Godin. Say, read that before you start thinking about how much people need to like you uh, or don't need to like you. OK, so lots of advice coming through, which is fantastic. Uh, and uh, and hello, Christine Robinson. Thank you for calling me, sir. Excellent. Next one. So next question. Andrew Helms, a man, Andrew, who, uh, whose business Feral Fix is sponsor for Entrepreneur Business Live Chicago, hello to you, um, has asked if you only, this is an AMA, you can ask everything I suppose, if you had only one question to ask yourself ever again, <laughs> what would the question be? Then I want the answer to it. Okay, so in, do you know what? It would be the same question I ask myself all the time anyway, which is, is this right now the best use of my time? Okay, I'm not gonna just switch all this off by the way. <laughs> yes, I believe this is the best use of my time right now. I ask myself that a lot because you may think, okay, I need to do this. I need to get this done. I need to get this done. I'll do this task here. I'll do this task there. And you kind of, you kind of go along through your day doing tasks, but not necessarily doing in the right order or the right time. If you look at Jeff Bezos, I'm not saying I'm <laughs> at his level, but he and I have very similar morning routines, actually. We don't get, off, uh, get up at the uh, crack of dawn at five in the morning in order to flex that we're grinding. I get up early to go to the gym, so it's out of the way, so it doesn't encroach on my family time. Jeff Bezos has family time as well, so it's an interesting way to do it. He has a nice coffee in the morning and reads the news before he starts his day. I do something similar, I have a coffee, I, I spend time with my children, I always read first before I start my day. His first hours, starting at 10 o'clock especially, he's done by five, but the first hour or two before lunch is his cerebral time, because that's scientifically proven to be the time of the day when you're most alert and at your best. With the, on the basis you've got had, you know, you've had eight hours sleep, which you should try and do, or, or, or however much you should be using. So. I do my best as well to make sure my first hours of the day, so it's already 1pm here in the UK, but my first hours of the day are the ones that are most demanding on me. So emotionally and cerebrally. So if it's a difficult or complex task up here, it happens in the morning. If it is a stressful, scary, emotionally charged task, like the difficult stuff, that happens early as well, because I've got the most willpower and energy to, to fight against that kind of thing. So that's what happens early on. And I think... That's why it's important to be mindful of, of like whether or not you're doing the right things at the right time. If I was like, I, I'm just going to send out an invoice or do a bit of admin, that does not need to be happening in my peak hours between like 10 and 1 o'clock. They're like epically important hours where I need to be doing the hard stuff 
and invoices and mucking about with like a little spreadsheet where I don't need much effort or energy uh, up top, uh, that comes right at the end of the day, really. So that's the way I look at it. Um, I think uh, that's my view. So and so, of course, the, the answer, Andrew, would be always in the moment. Uh, ho hopefully the answer is always yes, but um, it would be very much a question of am I doing the right thing right now? Is this the best use of my time right now? And, it's, and I've conditioned myself to do this, to ask this, if, for instance, I'm watching a YouTube video or if I'm reading a book. So I'm very intentional about stuff. So earlier today, I was watching a, a YouTube video from a big Instagrammer about how they are hacking their Instagram posts, so how, what they do to distribute them. And it was like the central thesis was out. The, it was a 15-minute video. Within three minutes, I was like, I get it. I get it. I get what you're doing. The rest is just anecdotal rubbish and fluff to get, them, get people to buy stuff. So I'm like, now, why am I spending my time watching the rest of this? I get it. Delete. Or, or either close and move on to the next thing. So always kind of asking yourself that. It means you're being intentional. And that goes for everything. So like, you know, um, at, at the weekend, if, if something comes up on my phone, do I really need to be handling it now? The answer is pretty much no. I've got my children in front of me. I had an amazing weekend. It was just me and my two girls. So I had a lovely weekend, just uh, me and kids. Uh, so I don't want any kind of distractions. Is the best use of my time? Hell yes, right now. But if there's something else coming up, I need to still make that decision. So that's kind of how the, how I do it. And eat the frog first in the morning. That's actually what I was looking out for. The um, uh, uh, Zach Houston's just written on Facebook. That's very much the, uh, the the saying as it goes. I think someone wrote a book on that, in fact. Uh, but yeah, that's the right way to look at it. Next question, Carolina Mankowski, who I think is watching at the moment on uh, Facebook, has asked, what would you, this is all very related to being young, uh, which I am, of course, only 38. Uh, what would you tell your 18-year-old self 20 years ago? I'm actually writing an article about this this afternoon. Now, this is difficult because we, since you're here, Carolina, can you specify, is it, is it my 18-year-old self knowing what I know? So, as in, can I, Richard Moore, in 2019, go back in time to 1998 <laughs> and say, now I know all this stuff? <laughs> And here's what you need to do, or do I not know anything uh, about like what's coming up? Because obviously, if it was 1998, I'd say, Richard, hi, it's me from the future. Go all in on online, don't matter university, build this thing, like YouTube will be coming out soon, build that, or come up with, you know, I don't know, <laughs> come up with the next idea, like come up with Alexa or something like that. All this stuff I would be thinking of, but I think that's cheating a bit. So a bit more uh, philosophically, I think if I, I would be going back and saying to my, obviously I wouldn't be able to say, you know, put money on this race or like here are the winning lottery numbers. Let's be a bit more, a bit more real. In terms of business, um, I would definitely say you're on the right path if you focus on sales. I'm thrilled that I took the first job interview I ever had. Um, I, 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 um, those of you who don't know, I had done uh, two degrees and after my master's, I was trying to do my PhD because I wanted to stay in academia. I didn't get funding, so I had to get a job, okay? Because I had two bank loans against two degrees. So I had to get a job. And um, so I literally, the first job that came up was the one I went for. And I'm, at the time, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be cold calling in a sales job, which wasn't particularly fashionable um, and certainly still isn't. Um, but I, I'm glad I took it because learning sales that way in the trenches has been the biggest skill. And so without question, learning sales would, would have been a huge thing. I, I would say, although I was a student of sales from the start, literally within the first quarter, I was buying books with my commission on how to sell, not like 
buying a round of beers. I was really trying hard to improve myself in that way. I would say become a student of business and sales as much as you can. I think the only other thing as well is I would probably say travel even more uh, than I did. I did a lot of travel uh, in my 20s, but I would as soon as I would have probably taken a year out and not gone to university and I would have uh, taken time just to travel and kind of experience stuff a bit more, to be honest, um, because that happened a bit more retrospectively. Uh, so that, that's what I would suggest. Uh, good question, Carolina. Uh, Carolina's asked, uh, written here, you know everything now and go back in time and give them advice. Well, then it would definitely be things related to what's hot online. The moment YouTube started, I would be going all in on that. Um, I would be, if it's 1998, I would be in Google, leveraging um, AdWords in the right way. I would be buying all of the major um, URLs because I could sell them later on as well. Very much feathering the nest for the next 20 years. 20 years has passed. It's crazy. I was using the internet in the mid 1990s. That's how long it's been. It's crazy. So it's wonderful to see this kind of thing grow. Kermagadant is joined here on Facebook. Hello uh, to you, sir. Tommy AJ Jolanski. Nice to see you here as well. Or Espmed, cool name. I love love to see you here. Dot Lung, how are you? Good to see you here. Uh, many people on there actually. Uh, SM uh, Smybert Richard, I think your name's Richard on Instagram. Diego Lima Coach, B Gold Baby, and Christopher Rice Landscape. Good to see you as well. You do not look 38. I'd say you look like you're in your mid 20s. Thank you so much. I like you. You can stay. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually 39 in October. October the 8th for those who want to send gifts. I'm October uh, 8th um, uh, baby. So I was born in 1980. And um, I think I don't apply filters to my cameras. Uh, it's good lighting, I suppose. And uh, I hang around with uh, my kids a lot. So maybe that keeps me young. I don't know. Um, anyway, Daniel, <laughs> I don't know. Daniel Nunez, what do you feel might be the biggest threat to online entrepreneurship in 2020? I want you all to write your own answer in this as well. Write in the comments, what do you think? I'll obviously give my answers as well. What do you think the biggest threat, given that it's only six months away, what's the biggest threat to online entrepreneurship in 2020 going to be? All of you is gonna have a view. Um, I think that there are uh, two considerations. One has been on my mind well over 18 months, which is slightly cynical and it's based on the fact, hey, that I am 38. It's over 10 years now since the last recession. Many people I engage with, for instance, those I'm gonna be lecturing with, uh, 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 lecturing to uh, at Warwick uh, soon, some have just never been through a recession. And that crash in 1998 was huge, right? I just bought a house as well, a flat even, it was really hard work. And um, without question, it's a big deal that you, if there's a recession, um, you should be kind of future-proofing yourself now in case there's a recession come up. And I say in case, and you should use the words of Grant Cardone, all bets are off, it's guaranteed. There is going to be a recession. There is going to be some kind of crash of some kind. Uh, that's just how it is. And so even if it's a little one, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen in 2020 because no one actually knows. But, you know, if you look at it from the UK's perspective, we're on the brink of major problems. Like, we're already in the trouble anyway. But Brexit, if we leave with no deal, we're kind of in a lot of trouble. And 
there will only be those who are opportunists who who can see opportunity in difficulty that will survive a lot of people in trouble and you know that's very much going to be my approach is like I'm, i really feel like i'm trying to future my future proof myself there so I, i'd like to so those of you just joining in so colleen um uh, mirav nice to see you here eric as well my man great to see you here as well hope you're well uh, all of you jumping in what do you think the biggest threat to entrepreneurship is in 2020 i do feel that it is potentially that there might be some kind of recession or if there isn't one already i'm seeing i was speaking to a guy yesterday who runs a, a quite a large business in the uk and he said um there's a lot of kind of tightening of belts in anticipation of a big problem or in anticipation of brexit no one knows how bad it's going to be so let's just kind of wait it out and see how it goes so there's a lot of kind of reticence to spend and i in 2008 was in the advertising and um uh conference business so this is you know sponsorship sales and delegate attendance at business conferences and one of the first things to go in recessions uh, for businesses is advertising spend because they think well that's a nice to have which is absurd but they think that they shouldn't spend on things like that and they just focus on you know keeping the ship afloat and a lot of people will not spend on certain industries so ask yourself are you know how future proof are you and where are your retainers are you building in redundancy if you lose a few clients things like that are really important so that's very much how i'm looking at things i think it's also worth looking as well at the cost of distribution that's not necessarily a 2020 thing but it's something that will be coming uh, increasingly over the years linkedin which is my big platform at the moment over and above the others I, I use, so I use Facebook, Instagram, and, and YouTube as well. But LinkedIn is one where if you go back one year, it was tremendously straightforward to get a lot of, in, not just engagement, but really much, very much a lot of um, uh, views uh, and distribution of your content. It still is very good. It's the best organic traffic online right now. But you know it's going to get more and more difficult because of course more people more people come into the platform because it is a great place to be and as a result bandwidth's going to be spread out a bit i feel that that will very much be the case so i think that's important to bear that in mind the only other thing as well i'd say is there might be because you speci you've specified daniel um online entrepreneurship it might be the case that we're looking at something like um i think we've already had it started it already the beginnings of some kind of a cultural pushback on online entrepreneurship that doesn't mean it's dead <laughs> we're in the golden years of entre entrepreneurship online um it is very 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 easy to make money online to make some money it's so simple you've just got to have some kind of product it's not hard to research how to distribute it and then convert that kind of thing it's very simple to do relatively speaking if you go back 20 years ago it's very easy now and but i what i do think is that it might be that the classic style of hey look at me i'm very successful so positioned image of of someone or, or perception of someone and trying to leverage that to make money will work 
because it it preys on the old style mind that people have the kind of the the kind of the lizard brain as it's known but there is still a cultural conditioning now against that 2016 you can get away with anything in terms of what you said in marketing whereas now people are much more cynical and rightly so because they're wise to the scam artists out there so you need to be be, be aware of that too um but i think what I, I'm, I really feel that in 2020 and, and beyond, those that are going to thrive are the ones who genuinely have a robust business because to be able to market and distribute, distribute yourself well is an art, but it's also a necessity. And those that can't do it or don't have the substance, they're going to fall flat because it will be increasingly straightforward to, to work out if someone's able to do that or not. If someone's kind of talking rubbish, you know, or, or if they really know what they're talking about. So it'll be interesting to see how that expands. Um, and I think that those that legitimately are producing a good um, uh, uh, proposition and provide real value and show up consistently, they'll be there. Those that are looking for a quick buck, there'll always be some, they'll always be able to do it, but I just think that they'll have to find more and more creative ways of doing it because people are getting very wise to it. So online entrepreneurship will definitely uh, uh, continue to, to come up against problems as people get cynical about it. Classic build and uh, drag and drop a kind of um, uh, basic click funnels landing page doesn't necessarily work so well against people, but it's still well for some time, I suppose is what I'm saying. Uh, I could go on all night about that. That's a really great question. Again, put some more ideas in here. What do you think the biggest threats to online entrepreneurship is in 2020? Uh, we're doing an AMA today. Ask me anything. So anyone has any questions at all? for me about online business, about social um, uh, engagement, and of course about startups, uh, do ask away. Um, I want you to uh, be aware as well, a lot of people have been uh, kind of giving me really wonderful messages recently about this because they really like the idea of it, and we've had it for a while, um, that online, um, uh, you don't have to be watching this online in order to consume it. I have got a podcast, which is out every single week. You can consume it on my website, but it's now it's going to be available on Anchor FM. So I don't throw it Anchor FM. So it's available on iTunes and Spotify and all that kind of thing as well. Uh, and I'll post links later on. It'll be a lot easier to do. But the podcast exists. If you go to my website or my SoundCloud, you can listen to the podcast. A lot of people want to you know, consume this in, the, uh, in their car. Ashton White, nice to see you. Hope the coffee business is good. Uh, Paula Harding, wonderful to see another Team UK member here as well. Diana watching from over in Australia, or are you over in the States yet? I don't know. I think you're in the States in August, uh, but nice to see you too. Thank you everyone for joining in. Next question in the AMA is from my man Jerry Lee over at Google. It was good, a great connection to make when I was over there about a month ago now. Gosh, it's gone, gone fast. What's the one advice that your pieces of advice, I think he meant, that your clients never listen to? Well, this has put me in a position now, because if I share a piece of advice that my clients don't listen to, it suggests that they don't listen to me. But there is one, there is one without question. And it's, it's not that clients don't, learn. by the way, if any of my clients are watching or listening to this, this like, pay attention. This is the thing that I've, all my time, I've always mentioned this, we always bring it up. I put it in these videos all the time as well, but people just don't do it enough. <laughs> Are you ready? So clearly ranty, but this is it. So the thing that winds me up the most is when I make it clear as day that the thing you need to have in your toolkit and not forget to do is massively put action in terms of um, uh, engaging with people manually. 
And what I mean by that is if you've posted a piece of content and you get 40 comments on it, go to the bloody comments and write an answer to the comments. Don't just post and run. Don't just put a like, don't just put emoji or a hand kind of uh, high fivey or a thanks mate. Write something meaningful. It's the most annoying thing that there's all this engagement to help build you this community you could have and people aren't doing it. And, and the thing is, I, I, it, it starts so easily with you just finding some people online in a group perhaps who are relevant to your space, engaging with them as in, you know, find, find a bunch of people who are relevant to you and send them a connection request and say, hey, how's it going? I saw you in the same group and just have a chat with people and like do that five times a day. But the real pet peeve I've got is that people are like, oh yeah, no, that's a really good idea. And then they do it for four days and then nothing happens. Like there's been no results. They drop it. And it's like, no, <laughs> do it indefinitely, like every day. When I first started, when I pivoted, I didn't pivot because I was still doing it, but I was doing online. So I was doing off offline consulting back in 2014. And in 2015, I started online consulting. And every day on Facebook, I started... It was my KPI, Key Performance Indicator. Every day I started 20 new conversations, so 20 starting conversations in the DMs with new people in groups. I did that 20 a day, every day, for probably about a month and a half. It was brutal, but it's how I built something. To like a start of a hub of a group of people who, you know, within that lots of people that I've been engaging with, think about 20 people a day, that's 600 a month. So it's best part of a thousand across a month and a half. What I was doing was I was, I was like working my way through them all and maybe 200 actually were engaging with me uh, and probably 50 actually found me quite valuable and interesting. And it's because it, there aren't enough quick returns that people just don't do that anymore. Put the effort in in the trenches, get dirty and actually engage with people one on one. And, and that's the thing. That's the advice. Jerry wound me up, man. Thanks for the question. But uh, that's the advice, because, you know, I say this all the time and it's like, oh, well, what about if I polish this ad? Sure. What about if I do this bit better about my product? Sure. What about if I just get get some better audio or, or what about the call to action on my con on my video that I'm posting? What time of day, Richard, should I post this video on LinkedIn? All of it are great considerations, but it all pales in significance to actually engaging with the audience. You know, it's not your content. It's building that proper connection there. So it's just like I can rant on this about all, all day, but you get it. You know, it's important to make sure you, you put that in. So that's the one bit of advice I give people. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm not being clear enough, but I think what it is. is <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, says Carolina. I think without question, no matter how much I put into that, I, I think it's because I can't. I can't overstate how important it is. So I really go hard on it, but people don't realize what it really means. It means like, you know, if you haven't done your numbers, sorry, keep going. And I, I think the question that follows the most is where people say, yeah, but how do you do it all? Because, you know, you've got like two children, obviously got a wife as well, that helps out, but you've got two children and then you've got, you've got all this other stuff, you've got this, you've got, yeah, just suck it up and do it. Yeah, but what, but I've got to do this and I've got to do this. Yeah, so stop watching so much fucking Gary V and focus on engaging with the people one-on-one, -on -one. you know, that's the way to do it. That's the stuff that matters. 
Gary Vaynerchuk's latest video will keep if you haven't spoken with the next raft of new people who might help your community, focus on that. Don't focus on feeling good and motivational means because that's not putting money in your door. Do you see what I mean? So I think that kind of getting down in the trenches and doing the really hard, gritty stuff is important. And there have been so many um, uh, times in the past where a business product or even an event of mine hasn't been doing what it should be doing, you know, you know how well it's been not been going as well as it could be. And rather than lamenting or going to read a book to get me motivated or taking a, a moment, having a nice long walk, what I'm doing instead is like roll my sleeves up and go and fix it, find the people who should be attending and connect with them and then like sell them on going. Do you see what I mean? So that's that's very much it. Suck, yeah, that's right, so, uh, pervy. Suck it up and do it. That's fine. Um, thumbs up if that makes, or even a heart if you feel that makes sense. But like that's the way I look at it. That's, that's one of the most important bits of advice because that's how you start. When, you, when I had, not that I have massive online clout now, but when I had literally zero, I was an unknown. It had to be manually, one by one, and I was connecting with people, and that's really how it happened. So, so that's what worked for me. And you know, and it's consistency, right? Like I said, we've, we're in two weeks' time, Two weeks, two weeks, one, two, yeah, three, two and a half weeks time. It's a year since we started Entrepreneur Business Live in, in seven, uh, no, four weeks time, five weeks time. It is a year since we started the weekly newsletter every single week. In two weeks time, it is three years that we've done every week consecutive live startup business Q&As. This, this is episode 134. That's not a flex. That's the consistency, that's my point. It's not, oh, but I've done seven and I'm not seem to be getting any results. No, keep going, right? So enough, next question. Thanks, Jerry. Um, so Daniel Nunes gone in with another one. Um, what would you advise someone struggling in overcoming avoidance issues to do, especially when it, to do something, especially when it comes to creating video content? This is another one where I'd love to get uh, your, your answers in this as well. Daniel's actually just, just written here, you just answered my second question regarding people who suffer from avoidance issues. Um, yeah, but let me add some extra treatment on this, Daniel. This is a question I like answering a lot because I, I think a lot of people don't think about this in the same way as I do, and this is a very, very important thing. Um, when you uh, are deciding, if you're running a business, especially, like, imagine if you're running a business with people in it as well, right? So there's, there's people, like, my business has people on payroll. It's not just me on my own, it's other people in the group as well. And imagine if you're, you've decided to not do something for your business based on how you feel. Oh, but that's a bit scary, is the thing that's, that's, basically hindering your business that day. So the way you're going to look at it is a bit like the advice uh, or the thing I, I, the question I would ask, ask myself that Andrew asked uh, earlier about my, um, uh, the thing I ask myself each, all the time, which is, you know, am I doing the right thing with my time right now? It's the same kind of question. It's, it's what does this do for my business? And if the answer to the question, um, what does it do my business is it will help my business, then you should be doing it. And so for, uh, it was a great post by my friend Shay Robot, not yeah Shay Robottom uh, over in Miami um, on LinkedIn uh, the other day. I think it was over the weekend, and it was a, because some a lot of people were saying, you know, why do you do these kind of comical, fun, uh, cut style uh, videos? Because that's it's not really the place for it doing on LinkedIn. The answer is really simple. You do it 
because it works and it helps your business. She's getting results, that's the best way to do it, so that's why she does it. And she made a great analogy, she said, why is it, uh, you know, that, that things aren't just $5, they're $4.99? Because $4.99 works, it gets more sales because people psychologically believe it's it's less money than five, it technically is, but it's, they feel it's considerably less, so they buy it more. The reason why people do it is because it works, and it's the same point here. If video, in this instance, Daniel, will help your business, then you should do it. If, because, because your business requires it, that helps those on payroll, it helps your customers, helps you thrive, it helps your future self in order to grow. If you've decided that the thing that supersedes help, helping your business is how you feel about doing something, then what you're doing is you're putting how you feel above the needs of your business. It's as simple as that. Now, you may choose to do that. You may feel actually so uncomfortable you're not going to, but it's a truth that those that do the things that are needed for their business are the ones that get ahead. So you have to decide what you really want here and if you genuinely sell yourself on not doing something because of how you feel rather than because it's not really worth doing for the business what you're doing is choosing to not doing something do something for your business because it's it's a bit of an easier way out it is wrong from a business perspective a business perspective to put how you feel about something if you're like oh i don't really want to do that it's going to be a bit scary ahead of but it will help the company so it shouldn't supersede it simple as that so when stuff's scary it's like sorry do it anyway and that's literally how i that's how i started doing videos because i um uh, the best example is instagram stories i feel like a massive idiot because in, you know, if you go to the US, people are selfieing and doing stories online all, uh, on their phones all the time. It's less the thing here. It, we, people still do it in the UK, but a little bit less. So walking through central London, I was on London Bridge at the time, and uh, it was rush hour, so I was walking through throngs of people, and getting my phone out about to record me talking at my phone, it felt like a really ridiculous thing to be doing, but my business would do well out of it. So. I remember saying to myself, sorry, do it anyway. And I was like, but I don't want to, I don't want to. Sorry, it's going to help if you do video. And you know, I, I, you see it all the time. I'm probably not the only one who sees this where people are like, oh, we're a social media agency or I'm a social media influencer or I understand social really well and they don't do video because they're not really feeling comfortable with it. It's like, sorry, you have to, otherwise you're not gonna be taken seriously. You're not, you're not gonna, you're not taking yourself to the top level you can if you're not doing the right things for your business, simple as that. You're, you're saying that how you feel about doing that is more important than actually doing it. And, and that's not fair on your customers. You could make it borderline unethical because it's not fair on your customers. It's certainly not fair on your employees. Why have we not done as well in terms of distribution of content this month? Well, I mean, I mean, we're not doing any video. Surely our, our content would be better distributed if we leverage video because that goes down better. Yeah but I don't feel comfortable doing it. Oh, okay, well we have to live with our business not doing as well then. So uh, either you square that with yourself or you fix it. And that's kind of how, it's horrible and hardcore, but you know, like anything else, you do 15 of them and you're fine. It's not hard, you just do several of them and you're fine. So that's just the way, the way it goes. So I would, I would do that, you know, is it business? or your emotional feeling, which one are you gonna take? It's gotta be one or the other. And if you feel good enough, uh, and, and the reality is this, this is what kind of, just to draw a line on it. 
if you've decided to place that emotional feeling over the business decision to do something, what you're really doing is saying, do you know what, um, you know, it, it, I'm not sold enough on, on this thing happening. So maybe you need to get behind your business a bit more, or maybe do something slightly different. Maybe, maybe this isn't right for you. Um, I can't think of many exceptions to this rule. So that, that's, that's maybe feeling quite extreme, but that's definitely been my approach. Um, let's finish up, we've got uh, two more questions. So Russ Avery, uh, who is uh, gonna be speaking with me at the year birthday bash, if you like, anniversary of Entrepreneur Business Live in London on 24th of July with Goldie Chan as well, who's gonna be speaking, streaming from New Orleans uh, that evening, is gonna, has asked me, what, sorry, uh, where will we see EBL, so Entrepreneur Business Live, the events over the next 12 months in terms of cities? Um, well, definitely there'll be a lot more returns to cities. So we're already in talks with Toronto, Barcelona, just announced last week for the second one. Uh, also uh, New York, the third one is, will be on, I actually confirmed the date this weekend, will be on the 12th of September, more details soon. Uh, Alison Fisher is gonna be running that one. Um, also San Francisco, my man, um, who is running it? Uh, Jonathan Javier, he will be uh, running that one with a few cool speakers actually, you should check that one out. Um, we'll also be doing, of course, more London ones as well, but I actually wrote them down here. Uh, new cities, there'll be LA, of course, we have to do an LA one, that'll be before the end of the year. Um, Austin and or Dallas will come late before, hopefully in the next 12 months, well, definitely in the next 12 months. Probably Singapore, definitely Tel Aviv, that's on the cards as well, um, with my friend Dot Lung, we'll be doing another one there. Um, but also unknowns. The reason why there'll be unknown cities is because the business model, Miami as well, sorry, thank you, Caroline, and Miami will be coming, uh, we're playing September, October, I can't remember exactly what we said now. Um, but the thing is that there are also a lot of unknown cities that's deliberate. And the reason why is because the business model is to enable people to say, do you know what? I want to run a local networking event. Let's do a format where we give money to charity. We have three great speakers to help educate people and we stream it to the Entrepreneur Business Group slash LinkedIn Live when that comes as well. And, uh, and what we'll do is we'll build something that uh, can contribute to a local community of people offline. So it's a really good idea. Um, so that's why ideally it will enable people. Yes, Otter as, a, as an example, uh, Nadine would be a perfect one. The idea being that someone can say, I want to run an Entrepreneur Business Live, sign the, the form that says I'm happy to keep the format the same and you know work with the charity and do an hour of speakers and an hour of networking and uh, and we take it from there because that way we can expand rapidly that's why I'm not going to all the events because we can't expand that fast if I go to them all okay I would love to but I'm not going to go to all of them so for instance, Miami, I, I may or may not be going to it. New York, I probably won't be going to it, and so on, because that means more of them can happen without me being there. These, the success of these events should not be dependent on me turning up. They should be dependent on the community wanting, having the appetite for them, which they certainly seem to be having. So that's really important. Great question, uh, Matt, uh, sorry, Russ, even. Thank you very much. Remember, next week, Wednesday, Chicago with Pervy, with Quentin, and with Chantel talking about storytelling, practical storytelling, and we can all watch it in the Entrepreneur Business Group on Facebook. Chad Evers asked for Detroit. Sure, 
absolutely that's the point why wouldn't there be one anywhere i'm really uh, someone said the other the other day what about buenos aires i'm like well yes all of the above like there's no reason why we shouldn't but there needs to be very much me handing it over to the community to go build their own i think that's the way to do things um and jonathan javier who i mentioned earlier who's going to be um hosting the next San Francisco one, probably back end of October into November, uh, has, uh, let's have this as the last question, uh, unless anyone wants to ask me anything. Um, what advice would you have for someone trying to go from corporate life to being an entrepreneur or running their own business? I'm feeling in a bit more of an extreme mode, so I'll give, my, give you the advice. I, I, Ian's asked if I hit your question. I haven't got your question, man. You may have written it and I've, I've overlooked it, so write it in here if you want. But the... Um, my advice is what I, what I said to myself, which is go cold turkey, which means if you're going to do it, go do it because nothing, nothing makes you focus like necessity. When I um, left a nine to five job, I'd started a bit of consulting, to be fair, it's a little bit of transition, but I started a bit of consulting and then I was like, it's off, it's over. I turned off the tap from the salary. I didn't go to part-time or anything like that. I didn't have this big side hustle in the background. I was just doing a bit of consulting. And what it did was it focused me on getting the thing that matters the most at the start, which is at the basic product, the MVP, my, most, my, my, my minimum viable product, the most important part is getting some customers in the door so you can generate some positive cash flow. Because if you run out of cash, you're screwed. So you need to make sure you're generating enough income. I had mortgages, two cars, I have a wife, I had a child at the time as well, just being born. And so there's a lot of mouths to feed and a lot of people depending on me. And it made me um, not ever be comfortable. And in fact, I really got romantic about that feeling. I really like that feeling. What's happened is that I've moved to a place where I try and keep the feeling of hunger. What I try and do is um, uh, I always try, it sounds like a weird thing, like when money comes in, I put it away into investments or I put it away into um, like different accounts. I have actually 10 different bank accounts. So for like different bills and things like that and money for my daughters and so on and so forth. But I very much um, keep myself broke and I keep I reinvest everything into the, that comes into the business. So we're not sitting there on fat profit. I don't want profit. I want it all put in back into the company. Um, I only take just about what I can live on because I don't need loads of money. I want to focus on, on growth instead. This is the next 10 years of me, my world. So what I'm doing is I'm focusing on keeping myself hungry because if you're in that, if you can live in that uncomfortable place, it focuses you on, on working your face off all the time. The worst feeling in the world is I, for me, this is a conditioned thing. The worst feeling in the world is for most, the best feeling in the world, which is I feel comfortable, I'm relaxed, I can chill. In my mind, it's like complacency. I don't want the complacency because anything can happen. Like I mentioned earlier, at the top of this session, one of the things that could be uh, one of our biggest issues in the next two years, three years, probably before that is going to be some kind of recession or downturn. So what, you know, I need to be ready to live in that, in that difficult place. And so staying in scarcity means I focus myself on getting results all the time, every day. Where's the new customer? Where's the growth coming from? What's going to be brought into the business rather than, Hey, it all looks really good. I'll, I'll just hang out and just do nothing today. I can, if I need a bit of flexibility is always nice, but it's important to make sure I'm keeping myself hungry. And so my advice, for someone who wants to leave corporate and go to entrepreneur is 
Go on then, if you're going to be an entrepreneur in the true sense, because I'm all very, uh, um, very, it's a very good point, this about entrepreneurship. Are you going to be a real entrepreneur or a fake one? If you're be a real entrepreneur, so go do it then. A real entrepreneur will jump at the idea and make it happen. That's the point. Being entrepreneurial means you're looking for the angle, you're looking for the opportunity, and you make it work. It doesn't matter if you have mouths to feed, it doesn't matter if you need to make a massive stack of money, you just fight. That's the point. That's how it should be. Well, not, not necessarily how it should be, but that's how it is, so that's how you need to work. And so it is a practical, positive tool, in my opinion, again, this is for me, um, to put yourself in a position where you have to make it work. There's no oh, I hope this works out dialogue. It's 100% this has to work because otherwise we're screwed. And I didn't want to go crawling back, in my opinion, to, to a, a, my past job. I wanted to make it happen. So, so that's how, how it worked. And, and um, that's very much my advice based on how I, how I um, uh, looked at things. You know, leverage necessity as a practical tool. So uh, anyway, really great question. Thank you very much. Ian, just let's, let's cover your, cover your one. What are you focused on? online going to 2020 what should we be looking at coming up so everyone's like oh you're all in on entrepreneur business live no people you gotta understand the way, way we're working this entrepreneur business live is a, a product that was nebulous it's becoming a really good reality i've been this year has been very much evangelizing about entrepreneur business live i'm packaging it to franchise it because i want to move on to my next project so it won't it doesn't mean it's going to be dropped but there's a committee i'm building uh, that uh, will, will be a support uh, with me, kind of a senior group of people who uh, help run it. Um, and it's not that I will move away from it, but I will have sufficient engagement in it that I can do other things. And my next project in the event space, for my event side of my business will be more corporate events. So there will be something, something, I mean, I have to do it because it makes sense. I will be doing um, London-based LinkedIn masterminds that I'll be selling to very small groups of people, but I will be looking at um, corporate events. So this is where it's much more higher ticket value to attend and bigger sponsors. This is something I was doing about 12 years ago. Um, so into the back end of this year, I'll be rolling that kind of thing out. It won't exist in the Facebook space, uh, and the kind of the entrepreneur business live space, it'd be kind of a different um, look or feel of product, and they won't really cross over at all. Um, it'd be much more for the corporate world because I work in that area a lot with my consulting. I'm also going to work in terms of online, uh, Ian, to answer your question. I'll be looking a lot more at my YouTube channel. It needs a lot of uh, more attention, especially since 2018. I was, I was, um, I was in the YouTube, uh, the UK book of YouTube, the officially the, the book of YouTube. So I kind of need to do more with it, I think. Uh, so that will be focused on in the new in the new year as well um a couple of other projects as well i have on my mind um but yeah they're the main things so i'm going to be pivoting into other types of event uh and probably continuing to um slow down the amount of consulting i'm doing so i've already moved on quite a few um clients because i wanted to make sure i have space for the other projects i've got i want to shout out everyone who's been watching thank you very much uh, avinash for joining in just now as well i hope that answers your question ian thank you nadine chad uh, who else is here daniel devon uh, Christine, I can see, um, Carolina, Pervy, several others. Anastasia, amazing to see you from Sydney, I think it was, isn't it? Uh, over in Australia. If anyone's not following Anastasia.Horonis, H-R-R-O-N-I-S, on Instagram, my God, constant pianist, amazing uh, Instagram. I'm a real big fan of yours at the moment. Luna Score 100, nice to see you. Will you, uh, also, is bangs and fangs, <laughs> 
uh, will you add me to the group on Facebook? If you go to Facebook and you type in entrepreneur business group uh, in the uh, search bar, we're number one. Or if you go to facebook.com slash groups slash entrepreneur business group, we're there. Apply and, I'll, and we'll let you in. As long as you answer the questions, it's fine. Thank you everyone who's watched. It's been amazing to see you all here. Uh, have an amazing week. Thank you on Instagram. See you all soon. And uh, the... Um, uh, the replays will be available on the podcast and also IGTV as well. So see you there. Uh, thank you very much on Facebook. Hope this has been useful. Give me a thumbs up if you uh, enjoyed it. And thanks also on YouTube as well. I will end the stream there. So see you all very soon. And uh, make sure you're keeping your eyes open for more information about Entrepreneur Business Life next week. See you all soon. Sign up to the newsletter, Richard Mo- therichardmore.com slash newsletter. Catch you all later. Bye-bye.